This is the Pacific Way podcast, bringing you stories that matter to the Pacific people. The Pacific is recognized as having the highest disaster risk of any region in the world. Our region is highly exposed to a range of natural hazards, including cyclones, storm surges, flooding, and drought that too often lead to disasters that affect water security of thousands of Pacific Islanders. Pacific people have time and time again proven their resilience and continue to fight to maintain their way of life. However, the serious and emerging impacts of climate change add a further dimension, threatening water resources, increasing uncertainties and intensifying the extremes of climate variability. Nowhere are these challenges more immediate than in the low-lying atoll nations of the Pacific. My name is Rhonda Robinson and I am the current Deputy Director for the Disaster and Community Resilience Program within the Geoscience, Energy and Maritime Division of SPC. The drought in Tuvalu in 2011, um, which was a, a fairly significant drought, it got, for the first time, international media attention um, because of the severity of the drought really was the catalyst for the support we then subsequently received through New Zealand, the New Zealand government, uh, to address drought in, in atoll countries in particular. And in that work, we acknowledged that there would be some significant gains made by bringing our climate community through the Met Service, the disaster management community through the National Disaster Management Offices, as well as our water managers through wherever they sit at the national level, often in the Public Works Department, in the atoll countries. Eh? With the support of New Zealand, the Pacific community and the five atoll nations of the Cook Islands, Kiribati, the Republic of the Marshall Islands, Tokelau and Tuvalu have brought their experience and expertise together under a Pacific partnership for atoll water security. The goal is to share knowledge and experience in order to support atoll communities to maintain safe and adequate drinking water supplies throughout all conditions. But each atoll nation has their own challenges. My name is Nathaniel uh, Tangiana. I'm from the Cook Islands, but I'm, I work for the Ministry for Infrastructure Cook Islands. We deal with infrastructure works on Raro as well as uh, on the outer islands, the Cook Islands. There's a lot of issues, but the main thing is uh, on the outer islands, there's in the south, the higher islands, so they can get their water either from the stream and or from the ground. But if you go up north, it's totally a different scenario. You have atolls, so normally they're drinking water. They get them from, from rain harvesting and catch them in water tanks, and uh, that's what they use for their normal daily, uh, for their daily lives and their uses. I think that one thing we need to understand, each island, of that, especially the 11 outer islands where people are living on them have different type of water supply systems. They are not all the same and, they, uh, and each island have their own challenges that goes with it. For example, if you go to uh, Aijutaki, second biggest island, almost about 2,000 people, they have reticulated water supply but you don't drink that water because it's brackish and that's pumped from seven different intakes. And then and what they use in is they catch their own rainwater through their own residential homes. 
sometimes and also together with the with the community water tanks where they go and get those for their drinking and get water for the drinking purposes. The Atoll Nation of Tuvalu relies almost completely on rainwater collected from roofs and is highly vulnerable to the impacts of drought. My name is Isi Selenganyu. Uh, I'm from Tuvalu and, and I am the, the, water, the head of the, the water division in, within the public works. The current situation is normally a, a, a shortage of water. Uh, we, we have insufficiency of uh, water storage, like water reservoirs. In terms of uh, sanitation component, uh, we have poor sanitation existing, which uh, mainly um, contaminated our underground water, especially with our, our, our main settlement. So um, currently, accessing uh, our groundwater at the main settlement is no longer uh, an issue. It's, it's an issue, but it's no longer accessible. So that is a big challenge uh, for our all divisions, eh? and the other biggest uh, challenge is how we reach the community level, how we can um, collaborate closely with them, build our bond so that they can also play their roles. Tokelau, one of the most remote nations, is also dependent on rainwater as its sole source of water, and most houses and buildings are fitted with a rainwater catchment and storage system. It has been a practice for years. My name is Latu Lopa and I'm, I come from Atsafutokelau, one of the three villages or atolls in Tokelau. We had a drought here in uh, 2011 and um, it, months with no rain and um, just the little water we had in our tanks, we, we'd, 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 we were very careful with the water that we had. Um, some days we actually just had to just go to the sea, shower, come back and just a few cups of water just to wash all the salt water off. The, the drinking water we had in the tanks, you could actually tell that it wasn't fresh. We had to boil that. Um, we actually had to go as far as getting coconuts from Samoa. So we were able to, to, to give our, our pigs food because our coconut trees, there was nothing there. There was no coconuts on the coconut trees, even the breadfruits we was hardly there and that was because there was no water, no rain. So it wasn't a good experience. The Republic of Marshall Islands relies on collected rainfall and limited shallow groundwater reserves. Here, innovation is key to ensure that drinking water is available even during prolonged dry periods. My name is Hossein Wani Dibru. I'm from the Republic of the Marshall Islands. I work as an operation manager at Major Water and Sugar Company. We capture our water from the airport runway. So rainfall comes on the airport runway and just uh, we have uh, drainage there and then we pump that water to the reservoirs. And then we have another second source, secondary source, which is our lower lens which is an underground aquifer located on the far end of the island. So we use that as well uh, during droughts. I believe some of the uh, issues arising from in regards to water security, so it's this project that they're trying to target with the rainwater harvesting. Some homes, most homes are, have undersized gutterings. They write rainwater harvesting systems are not too par so they could uh, capture all, all, the, all the rainwater that they can. Uh, very limited underground sources as well. 
the vast scattered atolls of Kiribati also face similar challenges and rely on wells to access thin layers of fresh water that sits on top of the otherwise salty groundwater. This fragile resource depends on rainfall for replenishment and careful management by atoll communities. My name is Mayango Enota. I'm from the uh, I'm from Kiribati, from the, the Ministry of Infrastructure and Sustainable Energy. And with the how, how quality the water is, it's safe in the out island because it's not very crowded. But in terms of the salinity. Most of the highlands are, have a high salinity when there is a prolonged no rainfall. And that is how they, they can report back to the ministry because we have uh, outer island water technicians in each of the islands in the Cupid group, including Teraina and Tabueran. Through the Pacific Partnership for Atoll Water Security, SPC has been able to bring local expertise together from across the region to find holistic solutions based on local needs and innovation. This is one of the pieces of work in our program that is entirely focused on atoll countries and because of that, that is one of the most valuable things that we're you know, contributing to in terms of atoll resilience building because there are similarities that the atoll nations face in terms of challenges in addressing water security issues, but there are also solutions that they're sharing with each other um, that are enabled and facilitated through a program like this and a project like this. SPC and through the GEM division as well, this year has paid a lot more attention to the Atoll Nations. We've had an Atoll dialogue earlier on this year in May where we're trying to better understand what the science is saying around the impacts of climate change on Atoll environments and what some of the countries or the Atoll Nations might like to start thinking about or are already thinking about in terms of their future projections and planning. Over the past five years, SPC has carried out extensive community consultations, partner engagements and field research in all five Atoll nations. This is part of supporting Atoll countries to build the skills, systems and basic infrastructure to better anticipate, respond to and withstand the impacts of drought and there have been very promising results. In Tokelau, millions of litres of fresh underground water have been identified. It's, it's good news um, that we have uh, underground water currently, you know, on, the, on all the three islands of Tokelau. Um, on, on, um, on my island, where I come from, um, there is um, sign of uh, fresh water, underground water, comes to um, more than a 90 million liters of, of uh, underground uh, fresh water. Therefore, it's good news. At least now we are, it's very comforting to know that there is this uh, water storage underneath our, you know, the ground in Tokelau. And, uh, you know, with that piece of document, the water policy, then we can um, ask the funders to, uh, you know, to bring this water up to the surface whenever we need it for in terms of drought and, um, you know, um, for, for um, sanitation purposes, yeah. In 2019, SPC's underground water investigations also yielded promising results in the Cook Islands. Well, there's a lot of activities that have been, uh, been going on. I mean, in fact, two big ones that is funded under this project. The first one is, like I say, you got SPC crew that came around with some water investigation work 
supply just shooting down on the ground and picking up and identifying where the waters are, where water are. The next stage is, we got the report now, the next stage is transferring all those information into a, say a system where we, we are able to, to change or to, to make the information found in the report into water that is made accessible and available for the people on the island. The second component of that, which is also funded by the project, is the drinking water safety plan, which we have been working together with the Ministry of Health to work out how to improve the water safety planning on, the, on, on in particular on Ajutaki. In Kiribati, installation of solar pumps has made community life easier. With the installation of the solar solar pumps, that helps the community in the in, in such a highlands to to access the water easily. That won't take time, or especially children and women to fetch water from far distances, and that makes their life easier. There have also been good underground water sources discovered and mapped out for the first time in Tuvalu's outer islands. Uh, we are so fortunate a species step in and conduct the assessment of the underground because we do believe it. Eh? Because um, there are a local who believe that they have good groundwater. But to put it into a document now, eh? we don't have them. So we seek uh, assistance from SPC and they did. So the outcome of the was so fortunate informing us that we have reserves of water in some of the out islands. That is really a, a good news yeah, for us in terms of um, we are running out of water. If we come to uh, the worst scenario, yeah, we can access those uh, groundwater. And especially benefits the people in, in those uh, islands. In September 2019, SPC invited representatives from the Atoll Nations donor agencies and partners to take stock of progress and plan for the future. Quite aside and apart from the work that we do in country at the community, provincial and national level with this sort of work, um, there is a significant role that we play in providing a knowledge platform, an enabling environment for lessons learning and we do that in lots of different ways. This partnership for Atoll Water Security is one, one mechanism we try to do that. Most of it is about getting countries with similar challenges and solutions in a room, providing a space for them to talk about what they're learning as they're doing it and learn from each other. In working together to map out opportunities for future collaboration, Atoll Nations recognize the role of practical partnerships in sharing common experiences, local knowledge and Pacific innovation. Only through these kind of forums that our voice will be heard. Tokelau is so small, you know, 1,400 people. We could easily go somewhere like New Zealand, you know, to, um, to live a better life. But of course, we've been brought up for thousands of years on Tokelau. So therefore, these kind of forums, it helps maintain our identity, helps maintain our culture, and helps maintain our island. Pacific Way is made possible by the member states of the Pacific Community. Additional support is provided by the Australian Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, the New Zealand Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Trade and the Government of France.